With the majority of teams in the NBA having played 75 matches of the regular season, we are left with approximately 7 or 8 matches per team. And the Wild Wild West has been really, really interesting. A few days back, I checked the standings and this is how the standings looked. In seed 7, you had Oklahoma City Thunder. In the 8th seed, you had Dallas Mavericks. 9th seed you had Minnesota Timberwolves, in the 10th seed you had the Los Angeles Lakers, in the 11th seed you had the Utah Jazz. As we speak, this is how the seeds are. 6th seed you have Minnesota, 7th Golden State Warriors, 8 New Orleans Pelicans, 9 Los Angeles Lakers, 10 Oklahoma City Thunder, 11 the Dallas Mavericks and 12 with Utah Jazz. Now, it's worth noting that all these teams, obviously, as you can tell, have their destiny in their hands, but to a certain degree, they don't really have their destiny in their hands. Two games can just completely swing the playoff picture and the play-in picture at the same time. It's been a while since this has happened in the NBA, and you can you can say things would, would have been a bit better with the old, old system where the top eight seeds automatically go to the playoffs, and there's no play in but i think we are starting to see the incentive of having a play-in tournament because teams now get to play until the very end we're no longer at this at a stage where we wait for the playoffs while the regular season is still going on as we speak the golden state warriors new orleans pelicans minnesota timberwolves la lakers oklahoma dallas utah they all have something to play for. All of them have to empty the tank in order to get the seeding that they want. Now we'll start with uh, Minnesota. They have won 37 matches out of 76. Obviously they've won 39, lost 37. Golden State, the same. But I think Minnesota wins because of the hit to hit record. Minnesota now goes to the sixth seed. Um, eighth, you have the New Orleans Pelicans who are just coming out of nowhere they haven't really been performing well since losing Zion Williamson if you remember they were second or third seed uh, they were third seed at some point in the season with just Zion, Zion Williamson and no Brandon Ingram but now Brandon Ingram is back and the the schedule has been quite nice for them they've won all of their previous five matches uh, so as we speak they're on a five match and beaten run and this is how their schedule looks to end of the season. Listen to this. They're going to face Golden State Warriors tomorrow morning on the 29th of March. And then they face uh, the f number one seed Denver Nuggets. Then they face Los Angeles Clippers, Sacramento Kings, Memphis Grizzly, New York Knicks. And they end up with, end off with Minnesota Timberwolves. Th this is a schedule. It's really tight, and I, uh, to be honest, I don't see them making it through this schedule. The the Pelicans. Now you go and look at another interesting team, which are the LA Lakers. They lost yesterday to the Chicago Bulls, but before then they were in a four match unbeaten streak. Their schedule looks like this: they're going to face Chicago again, Minnesota Timberwolves. You are also in the playoff slash play in picture. Houston Rockets should be an easy uh, match for them. Utah Jazz were also struggling to get into the play-in picture. 
Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant coming back and obviously for them they want I mean they would eventually want to end up with a higher seed but then I'll get back to the the Suns because they are different dilemma on their own and then you get to the last match of the season you have Utah again facing the LA Lakers and we don't know what would have, what would have happened at the time but my guess is Utah would have fallen off the race by then the surprise package for everyone everyone myself included the Oklahoma City Thunder no one expected the Oklahoma City Thunder to to to, to have risen up to 7th seed especially with less than 10 games remaining in the season but then that has happened and it's 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 a testament to good coaching uh, their coach I, I can't remember his full name I just know his name is Mike I can I don't remember his last name their coach they have Jalen Williams he's a star and for me I think um, he has eclipsed Paolo Banquero for the rookie of the year award I think you have to realize that towards the end of the season some of these things especially the awards they're probably being decided now because of recency bias but then when you compare everything that this young man has been doing um, it, he's, he's been incredible I think I'm, I'm running out of words to describe what he's been doing um, he's, he's a very good shooter he's very good with uh, his defense is very good and just he has energy for days but then we'll talk more about him but these are his numbers he's played 69 matches and he plays 30 minutes per match and he's averaging 13.7 uh, points per game he's shooting 80% from the free throw line and overall he's shooting 52% from the field his, his three point uh, percentage is at 35% and he's making one three pointer per match so that could always uh, be better he's averaging 4.5 rebounds and 3.2 assists per game so he's one to look f- to look out for for the future i wouldn't really fight if he won the rookie of the year because he's been making a push and he's part of the reason why oklahoma has been quite lethal especially after the all-star break even with uh shea gilgis alexander having an injury or missing a couple of games there and there after the the all-star break jalen williams and lou dot and josh giddy as well josh giddy is, is coming into his own as a as a playmaker but yeah back to the west um the dallas mavericks Ooh, this is what this is what we all have been uh talking about for the past week man oh man the dallas mavericks are a mess um i haven't really watched most of their matches to be fair with you um but I've, I, I kind of have a picture of what's going on from the outside. And it, it's not a picture that none of us didn't expect. We expected their defense to, to be really bad. Their defense has been really, really bad. They've been, I mean, all the, most of their matches have been high scoring. Uh, they, be, they, they beat Indiana Pacers uh, last night 104-127. And then they went on a four-match uh, losing streak. Before then, they won two games and then went on a three-game losing streak again. They have Kyrie Irving and obviously they have Luka Doncic as well, um, who are really good players. I mean, Luka is averaging 32.9 points while Kyrie is averaging 26.9. 
And then the third scorer in the, the, in the team is Christian Wood, who's averaging 16.9 points. Sorry about that. But Dallas Mavericks do not have a defense. They don't have defense. Their defense is really bad. And obviously, Kyrie and Luca are box office players individually and as a collective, but they are both not good defenders. That's just how how we've known them and how they are. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just think their offense should be enough to overpower the, their defensive deficiencies. But the bench players or the surrounding players are not coming to the party as well. So that's the bigger picture in Dallas. And obviously we saw Luka Doncic uh, talking about how he's no longer enjoying basketball and uh, issues of the of the pitch, uh, of the court as well that have been uh, affecting his love for basketball. Many people wanted to speculate that he's talking about Kyrie Irving, but I, I highly doubt that. I think... Uh, we know that Luca has been in a case with his, I think his mother or father. I think his mother. Yes, he's, he's been in a case, court case with his mother. I, th- I don't, I don't really have the details about that, but I know that in his personal life he has a problem with one of his parents, and yeah, that has been a thing that's been going on for quite some time under wraps, of course. But then I think now these things are starting to weigh in on him. It's easy to forget that Luca's only 23 because of how long he's been and just how good he's been. But yeah, man, sometimes you have to think about these things from perspective of a 23-year-old and just realize sometimes he doesn't know how to handle all these stressors. I think when athletes are gifted and they're able to navigate through pressure in what they do, in their gifts, it's very easy for us to, to not see that just because they're gifted at basketball and just maneuvering through the basketball or the football or whatever sport it is, it doesn't necessarily mean they're able to apply the same thoughts or they're equally gifted in, a, in navigating life and its issues. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we have to accept that as much as we're getting all these phenoms in, in sports that are really young, they're still kids at, at, at the end of the day and they haven't really developed much in terms of uh, wisdom and all those type of things. So life happens and there's life outside of sports. But yeah, Dallas Mavericks, um, I, if you ask me, do I see them making the play the play in or the playoffs? It's quite difficult, eh? It's quite difficult. It's very difficult. They've played one more match more than most teams because they've played 76. So now they are left with these fixtures that I'm going to read to you. Listen to this. They're going to face Philadelphia 76ers at Philadelphia. I don't think they're winning that match. Um, but it depends because Philadelphia also has Joel Embiid uh, with an injury. So we'll see. And then they're going to go to the Heat. Um, the Heat also making a push for the playoffs slash play-in. I'm not really sure what's happening with the Heat. They're in seventh seed. They really don't. They, they don't want to see themselves in the seventh seed. And just to make things a bit uh, tougher for for Dallas, Brooklyn Nets has played 75 matches. They've won 40 and lost 35. They're in sixth seed. And then in seventh seed, Miami has exactly the same record against. Um, exactly the same record as Brooklyn so Miami definitely wants to usurp um, 
Brooklyn in the in the seedings and try to make a push for that fifth seed, uh, chasing the 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 New York Knicks. So let's get back to Dallas. So I just wanted to make that clear that Miami have everything to play for. They don't want to see themselves in the play-in tournament. They won that six seed, so they'll definitely want to win that match. Atlanta Hawks and Dallas Mavericks afterwards. Um, another juicy one. It's really juicy. Atlanta, they are eighth in they are eighth seed in the in in the East. Um, they are three games off Miami in seventh. So I don't think uh, Atlanta is going to. I think they're going to want to win every match because in the NBA, I mean, one match can change uh, a lot of things. So they, they'll want to win it, but it's not really life-threatening for Atlanta because I don't think it changes much in the seedings. Oh, no, it changes a lot because they might go to ninth and 10th, which means they don't get that 7th seed. And obviously, if you get the 7th or 8th, you get to play two games in the play-ins if you lose the first one. So... Okay, um, I see the incentive for for Atlanta to stay as the eighth seed. So yeah, um, this is getting very interesting. Um, I'm trying to look for situations where Dallas doesn't really have to play teams that are under pressure, but so far they've been playing teams that are relatively under pressure, and then they're going to play Sacramento Kings. You know, Kings basketball they never slow down they call they want to win every match trust me they want to win every match they don't want to be in that fourth fifth and sixth seed uh race they don't want to be in there they just want to secure their third spot and know they're meeting the sixth seed because in third in fourth and fifth it's going to be a massacre um i don't see dallas winning this one Chicago Bulls, I, okay, I can see Dallas beating Chicago Bulls, and then they end up with San Antonio Spurs, which they'll definitely win. Wow, um, as, as, as things stand, I don't see Dallas getting higher than seven, six, actually eighth seed. I don't see them getting higher than eighth seed. I think them being the eighth seed is probably their, their, their ceiling. As far as the, as, the, as the fixtures go. And yeah, the time has arrived now. Let's talk about Phoenix, Clippers, and potentially Golden State Warriors. I think Sacramento Kings are, are secured in their third seed. They, have, they are five games ahead of Phoenix Suns. And yeah, I don't, I don't see Phoenix uh, getting ahead of... Sacramento, even the Clippers as well. But this is what I'll say. Phoenix is fourth, Clippers fifth, Golden State is seventh, but obviously they are also sixth because they are tied with uh, Minnesota, right? One thing for sure that we can be guaranteed as NBA fans is we are definitely going to see Phoenix Suns facing either the LA Clippers or the Golden State Warriors. I am sure of this one. And, oh, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. I think it's it's not fair that in the first round, one of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, or Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are going home. 
that's just the reality that's just the reality i really don't see la clippers um actually not la clippers i don't see golden state going to the fifth seed or just um going above the clippers but paul george has an injury so that can change things that can push clippers to sixth seed and if i'm tailu why don't i push for the sixth seed so i can face sacramento and then golden state now gets to face the phoenix suns i think that would be a very good uh scenario for basketball in general because nobody wants to see sacramento in the second round let's let's just let's just talk about it let's just put it as as it is nobody really wants to see sacramento in the second round because you can argue because of the star power i don't think their matches would be will be well watched i don't think so i just personally don't think a lot of people will be watching their matches um but having phoenix face um the clippers in the second round that would be very interesting especially if they're going to face golden state either one of golden state and phoenix um obviously the winner they would get to face the clippers and the clippers or sacramento i still see the clippers beating sacramento in a seven game series and then there's phoenix and golden state oh kevin durant and the the the, the warriors mm, 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 mm. enticing mouth-watering um we know that the, the golden state haven't really been themselves but they've shown flashes of themselves this season like in games i mean they've shown it in one game and then the next game they go back to being like dizzy and just not connecting i think the the problem the problem with golden state is that there are a lot of problems they're missing andrew wiggins who was really really important draymond green hasn't really stepped up the way he should he's not playing bad but he's not decisive in games you know Steph Curry has been injured for quite some time I think he's had multiple injuries throughout the the season and Jordan Poole has just been Jordan Poole I think Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson kind of this might be a, a bad take on my part but I'll say it I think okay before i start with a take because i don't like uh, putting out bad takes so i'll just put some disclaimers because i don't watch the warriors much what i'm going to say you can easily counter it by saying warriors don't have bench depth or just depth in general but when when steph curry was out i think that was an opportunity for the warriors to kind of develop kuminga into that third scorer or you know just have him maybe one or two games going for 30 points taking maybe 20 shots yes i know you might be you might be gasping for air because it's shocking but not just kuminga just other people but it seemed like it's always going to be jordan pool and clay thompson jordan pool clay thompson clay thompson at some point was taking 25 shots i don't think he should be doing that he's clay thompson he shouldn't be doing that why because playoff time you know what you're going to get from Clay Thompson you know he's a three point sniper but you need to get a different type of scorer that's why for me i thought maybe if they made Kuminga better during that time he was going to give them that which 
Wiggins gave them because Wiggins wasn't particularly a threat in a, at the three-point line, but in the interior was really good at scoring in the interior. But then now it just seemed like it was operation. Let's get Clay Thompson back to being a 22-25 points per game scorer if he, if he has been that before. And I don't think that's useful because Clay is always going to be Clay. But we've seen his ceiling. How about developing someone when Steph is not there? That person kind of gets more shots, and then in those more shots, they get to have an interior scorer while still having Pool, Clay, and Steph when Steph comes back. You know. So I was thinking of all those things, and I didn't really watch Warriors much. I just saw there was this guy, Ty Jerome, I think. Yeah, he was quite good in a couple of matches. I don't know what happened with Moses Moody, but it's very evident that Warriors haven't been as successful as they wanted to be in integrating their bench players to being starters, particularly the young ones. I mean, they also traded away wise men. So, yeah, enough about the Warriors. But in any scenario, I don't see the Warriors beating Phoenix in a seven-game series. I just don't see that happening. Um, even if Steph is is healthy, but yeah, um, for 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 Phoenix, just in the short time frame we have, we've had, I guess, we've seen just how Kevin Durant doesn't need much to adapt to a system, and the system doesn't need to adapt to him. He just stands there, does what he's supposed to do. Incredible efficiency. Devin Booker will always take over those games, but yeah, it just seems like Phoenix is. Has a bit too much for for Golden State. That's just my perception. Minnesota Timberwolves is one team that, if you've realized since the the episode began, I've been uh, avoiding talking about them. Um, but Carl Anthony Towns is back, but I still don't think they have what it takes. They still need to figure out where Rudy Gobert fits in all of this. So yeah, that would be very interesting. But yeah, so let me give you my final uh, seedings as, as, as my final seedings predictions. Denver 1, Memphis 2, Sacramento 3, Phoenix 4, Clippers 5, 6, Golden State 7, Minnesota 8, LA Lakers 9, uh, uh, New Orleans Pelicans, 10 Dallas Mavericks, 11 Oklahoma City Thunder. That's how I see the final rankings. It's been a great episode. Thank you so much. Cheers.